welcome to Season 4 of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, a parent coach, and an author. And I'm a daughter and a kick-ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different parenting topic. And we'll interview some amazing guest experts. Our goal is to provide an interesting informational resource for busy parents. While also offering the perspective of a teen. Stay tuned, everyone. Boom. Hello, welcome back to One Day You'll Thank Me. My name is Dr. Tara Egan and I am your host. And my darling co-host Anna is not with us today. She is busily working at her high school, but we have a fantastic guest for you today. Her name is Danielle Kestenbaum and she's an attorney and a professional liaison for Our Family Wizard. So before we talk about Our Family Wizard, I want to tell you a little bit about Danielle. She earned her law degree with honors from Illinois Institute of Technology, Chicago Kent College of Law in Chicago. And prior to graduating from law school, she received a master's degree in social work from Columbia University in New York City and a bachelor's degree from Brandeis University in Massachusetts. So I love it when I get to interview people who have that fantastic combination of being an attorney and having the mental health and social work background. She has focused on family law in both the private and the public sectors. So I had reached out to her due to my interest in learning more about Our Family Wizard, which is a web-based service that's designed to streamline communication between co-parents so that their conflict can remain minimal and they can focus on being responsive to their kids. So this is a program that I've looked into a lot. I work with clients who use it. I have had the opportunity to go into the program and collaborate with parents on how to use it as effectively as possible. But it has features that keep track of parenting time, expenses. It allows parents to share important information about their kids. And the goal is to consolidate information so that details don't get lost and both parents can be accountable for their parenting responsibilities and communication. So it's a fantastic tool. And I think there's some folks who really know a lot about it. And there's other parents who either never hear about it, or they only hear about it after experiencing a significant amount of conflict with their co-parent. And it's kind of viewed as like, okay, now we got to bring out the big guns. But I want Danielle here today to talk with us about the program so that as parents who are going through a separation and divorce, you can make a good decision about whether or not it could be helpful for you. So Danielle, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get started with the nitty gritty with OFW, which I'm going to use that abbreviation throughout, and it stands for Our Family Wizard, I want to hear about you and what led you to become interested in supporting families who are experiencing separation and divorce? Yeah. So a little bit about myself and a little bit is personal, but I think that is often what leads people to be interested in social work and family law and things like that. So as a young child, I was part of the foster care system and then I was later adopted. So I've kind of just always been interested in family dynamics. My parents personally you know, who I was adopted by have a very strong marriage, but I also had several friends growing up whose parents went through divorce. And I saw how it was a struggle for some of those children and some of the dynamics that played out in terms of going back and forth between homes and feeling some of the tension between their parents. So I kind of always just kept that interest in the back of my mind. 
then I got my master's in social work as, you know, I also studied sociology in undergrad. So really throughout my whole life, I've always just been interested in children and families. I was a camp counselor, all those kinds of things. When I went to law school, I was instantly and naturally drawn towards family law. It really seems like a great combination of my you know, interest in the law, but also my interest in family dynamics and mental health and that I could bring those experiences and that knowledge with me. So throughout law school, I immediately focused on family law and I clerked at two large family law firms in Chicago. And I also had an externship with the chief judge of the domestic relations division of Cook County. So it kind of all went from there. And I've just basically always been focused on that area. That's fantastic. I do like to hear the personal background. You know, the listeners of this podcast know that, you know, I've experienced a divorce myself. I came from a family where there was mental illness. Like there isn't a real mystery on how it is, how it's come to be that I work in this field. And I find that with the guest experts who are here, is there something that really makes their work personal and kind of gives them that like stamina and sense of mission to support families? So it's nice to hear that detail from you. I appreciate you sharing. As far as specifically talking about OFW as a resource for co-parents, and I know you're a professional liaison for OFW and you work with family law related professionals here in the Carolinas where I am, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about the features of OFW that you find to be particularly helpful for co-parents. Yeah. So I will start by saying one of the most basic features that I find is particularly helpful is the tracking of communication that people already know about. But what it means is that there's a read receipt on every message that goes back and forth between parents and parents cannot opt out of those read receipts. In addition, any messages that go back and forth can never be deleted. So it really creates not only a clear track record, but it helps parents to get in the right frame of mind that these messages can and will be viewed down the line if necessary. So when a parent is dealing with a co-parent who really, or at least they feel that that person is bending what was said and changing things back and forth, this enables parents to feel more confident that what was really said will be known. So it gives them the ability to know that everything's going to be out there. And I've heard whether our family wizard is ordered or it's by agreement, I've heard time and again that parents really feel that it did set them on a better path because they knew that what they were saying, they couldn't later manipulate it and say, no, I said this, or I didn't get that message, or they didn't do this because it's all right there. So in addition to those most basic features of our family wizard, which have been around for a long time, although I would say they become increasingly important since now there's so much manipulation that can happen with emails and texts and all of that. There's also the ability to opt into, or some are ordered to utilize tone meter, which is another feature that I think helps in the same vein in terms of helping to move parents forward. I like to think of it as moving them forward in more of a business-like relationship. You know, there's still a need to communicate about the children and what needs to happen with them, but to take some of the emotional part out is really helpful for not only the children, but also the parents down the line. So tone meter essentially acts as an emotional spell check 
It does not stop the parent from sending that message, but as they're typing, it gives them a warning that what they're writing might be perceived as aggressive or humiliating or upsetting. And hopefully that causes the parent pause and gives them a chance to reword what they're writing. And again, that has the ability to establish new patterns moving forward. What happened in the past happened in the past, but it's a great way to move parents forward in a less emotionally volatile way, in a less, just dial down the emotion a little bit. In addition, some of the other features that I think are really helpful, you sort of mentioned some of them, but the info bank, it enables parents to share and to upload all kinds of documents and to put information about the children. This is something that can be helpful for any family, whether they're intact or not, but especially as our society moves to, you know, utilizing technology more, it just keeps things streamlined. It's less to argue over. You can have the insurance information there. So you don't have to go back and forth with messages. What's the new insurance this year? I'm taking the child to the doctor. I don't have that. It can all be centrally located. It's less clutter for the parent's brain too. Everything related to the children can be in one place. All their communication, everything about the calendar. In addition to just you know having a calendar that centrally organizes everything about the children, a great feature is that there are parenting time templates in there. So let's say that a parent, they're already separated and they've got a temporary schedule in place, but they're not sure exactly what they're going to do moving forward. They can create a custom calendar in there with their parenting schedule, but they can also for themselves, try out some of the most common parenting time schedules and give themselves a nice visual so they can see, oh, this is what this would look like if I had a 223, if I had a 2255, if I had a week on week off. The most common ones are in there for them to play with. So they can make, you know, option A, option B, option C, option D, and they can look at it and have a nice visual, you know, visual really helps a lot of parents. I've found when it comes to parenting time too, especially if one feels like they're maybe not getting quite as many overnights as they wanted. If they can see also, let's say they have certain times over winter break and they have spring break and they have maybe a week or two uninterrupted in the summer. And if they can see that, makes them feel a little bit better about the amount of time that they're getting with their child. Yeah. And having that opportunity to browse those options without the other parent, like telling them what to do, you know, we have to do it this way. This, because sometimes when your ex proposes something, it can be like, it can immediately feel like a dumb idea because you're just in that emotional space of potentially being rejecting of their ideas. But when you can look at it, when you're in a calm place, you can compare those schedules and look at how it lines up with dates that are important to you or your work schedule or, you know, how extended family is involved in that kid's lives, you know, like those are, those are all things that can help decision-making progress. The tone meter, I've actually never had a client who's been ordered to use that. I think that that would be a helpful tool. I know that if you're the parent, if you're the co-parent who's struggling more with communicating in a respectful way, Those are the parents that I often see are the most resistant to using OFW because it holds them accountable. You know, they can't stand there at the kid's baseball game and say ugly things under their breath to their co-parent or, 
ask the the co-parent something about a schedule change in person and then deny later they said it. Like the goal is, hey, our formal communication is going to happen within, you know, this communication app. And if it's in here and it's been acknowledged, like it's happening. And these one-off conversations or something like that, it just doesn't have the same degree of accountability. So where I see the most pushback is the parent who struggled the most with healthy communication. I can definitely see that. And one thing that I would say about that is it kind of depends sometimes if that parent, for example, is represented by an attorney or not, because if they are represented by an attorney, it's likely that their attorney, despite how they're communicating, would recommend that they use our family wizard to communicate exclusively, meaning they're not communicating in any other way. And to utilize the tone meter, because the attorneys understand that down the line, eventually, A, the truth can catch up with you, but B, at the end of the day, it creates less tension for you. And later on, also less tension for the children. So even though initially it might feel like a sting, you know, because that person doesn't want to be told how they should and shouldn't communicate. What it does is an attorney would tell them, you know, it's going to help keep you in line, which is going to benefit you. What is it that, you you know, what is your goal? Think about what your goal is, whether it be legally or personally. And typically the goal is to have less tension. The goal maybe is more parenting time. The goal, Whatever the goal is, you're more likely to reach that goal with a tool that's going to help put you on a, let's say, straight and narrow, but basically put you on a path that's going to put you in the best light if you do end up having to go to mediation, if you do end up having to litigate. So it really is a tool that helps both, meaning if there's one parent who's more toxic at communicating than the other, it really ends up helping both of them. I absolutely agree. Once that you use, I think you use the word sting, like once the sting of it, you know, if they can get past that of feeling corrected or feeling like, okay, the, you know, the man is telling me what to do and how I, you know, I, as a grown person can communicate, you know, once they get past that and start to see the benefits of the reduced tension, I think usually then they can, can lean into it. And also as a therapist, there's times where I see really unhealthy communication happening from one or both parents. They are, you know, ordered to do our family wizard. They're ordered to do co-parenting counseling And even though there's been a lot of bitterness and animosity, there's been significant change and improvement. And so now we have the data to demonstrate that. It's not just like, oh, I feel like they're being more reasonable. Like we have data that demonstrates emails that are increasingly more respectful, parents entering in the appropriate data. So you mentioned things like insurance cards. Well, there's times when somebody has the insurance card and they just won't give it to the other parent. Like they're just being difficult. They're drunk with the power of being the one to hold the insurance card, you know, and either if they're not putting it into our family wizard, despite repeated documented requests to put that information in, okay, we've got that documentation showing them the parent has asked four times for that card or the parent goes ahead and puts it in. And now the power struggle is over. You know, those are some things that I found to be helpful. And for me as the therapist, I can say, let's talk about why it's be, it's so difficult for your co-parent to get that insurance card. Like what's the barrier here? Because this isn't sustainable to have, you know, and I can clearly see the communication in which your co-parent has asked you respectfully, you know, numerous times for this information. We're still not there yet. So like, 
tell me why this is. And so, and it's not meant to be slapping them on the wrist, but like, this is a problem that needs to be dealt with. So it just keeps, you know, with, with me, it it allows it to be objective enough where I can have that conversation. And it's not like, well, she's saying that she asked me for the card, but she never has. I don't even know why, you know, she's not, she hasn't even asked me that conversation doesn't happen because actually it's documented right here. So I think it can be a really helpful tool. Tell me a little bit about how the program, you know, is a resource that has to be used appropriately. It's not going to eliminate toxicity necessarily because if your co-parent has mental illness or you really have a pattern of communication that's firmly entrenched over a series of years, it's not necessarily going to be turned around immediately. But how can it help establish boundaries with a high conflict co-parent? Yeah, that's a great question. And and related a little bit to what you were just speaking about, I would say that one of the ways to make it most effective, depending whether it's a separation agreement, mediation agreement, an order, if the agreement or the order is spelled out really clearly in terms of exclusive communication on our family wizard, and that, for example, documents related to the children will be uploaded into the info center and the parenting schedule will be put on the calendar. If all of those things are outlined, what it does is even if you can't fix that toxic behavior, maybe it improves a little bit over time. But even if you can't fix that, you've now got either an order or an agreement or an agreement where this is the way they're meant to communicate, which means that the parent who is dealing with the toxic parent is going to be getting less extraneous messages because they're either ordered or they're under an agreement to instead put the information in the expense log, let's say, put the information in the calendar, all those things. And so that parent is having to deal with less one-off communication. So they're just experiencing less of it. Yes, there still will be some that need to be in the form of message. Please put this here or, you know, whatever the case may be. But you're absolutely right. People, you know, I hear jokes about it and I talk with attorneys about it. As you said, a lot of people refer to our family wizard as OFW. Some also refer to it as the wizard or the family wizard. And I heard an attorney tell me recently, she has most of her clients sign up for our family wizard and she tells them right off the bat. It's called our family wizard. It's not actually a wizard. It's not going to fix your co-parents immediately. But what it is going to do is really sort of help establish those boundaries by, again, if you have a clear agreement or you have a clear order, it's telling the other co-parent how they need to communicate. And in a lot of cases, we're seeing increasing agreements and increasing orders that include language that really establish those boundaries by saying that the messaging component is going to be reserved only for communication that can't be conveyed via the other features. So we're not going to be sending 50 messages a day about the shoes that you bought for so-and-so. You're going to go into the expense log. You're going to put the shoes. It's going to indicate what your payment split is and what you're requesting. And it really, again, just helps to move parents forward in more of a business-like relationship and dial down the emotion and try to break some of those bad habits that probably led to the breakdown of the relationship in the first place. One of the things I think is particularly helpful is I find that parents who've had a high conflict relationship with an ex are kind of in a state of dread when it comes to potential communication. So if they open up their Gmail account 
and there's seven messages from their ex and they're like, oh my goodness, like what's happening here? And they just get that pit in their stomach and having to deal. Whereas with my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is with our family wizard, you can change some settings on it where you either get notified sort of in real time when a co-parent has entered something into OFW, or you can sort of get like a daily recap or, you know, where they send one message that indicates what the changes are. So you can kind of be in a mental space to like, okay, I'm, I'm interacting with my co-parent right now. You know, we're sort of doing our organization and parents, depending on what their organization strategy is or, or how big their level of dread is, that can be really compatible to make sure they're managing their stress level. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really helpful tool. And that can even be spelled out in your agreement or your order for each parent, what what they're deciding. Are they going to be getting real-time notifications, push notifications, or are they going to be getting a daily digest? And for some parents, you know, one is going to be more effective than the other. If, If there's a parent who has an extremely demanding job and they get anxiety every time they see a message and they're not sure what it is, but they know that, for example, they don't have the child that day, whatever the case may be, for some, it's going to be more effective to get that one text or email each day that shows, you know, an expense was entered on OFW, there was a trade swap request made, and then they can go in, as you say, when they're in the right frame of mind to be able to deal with all of that and to not, you know, for some people that's, that's too much stress really. And it's too much back and forth. If their day is really busy with other things and they're having to constantly go back and deal with what should I do about this? What should I do about that? Maybe for them, it's more effective to just handle it each evening and make those decisions. Yeah. I absolutely love that feature because it's customized to what that parent needs. One of the things I've heard is kind of like a minor I don't know, source of feeling disgruntled is the idea that parents have to go into a separate app on their phone. And so I wanted to ask you, I'm just not familiar enough with it. Let's say your co-parent goes in and enters an expense. Am I correct in thinking like you can get a notification sent to your email? So it cues you that you should go into the app to look at more detail Or are you supposed to kind of put yourself on a regular schedule of like, oh yeah, I got to go in there and and check in and make sure that I'm following up with everything necessary. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, no, you can choose to get notification by email or by text, meaning it will tell you an expense has been entered and then you just go in and look to see what the expense is. I mean, you could choose not to have any notifications. I wouldn't recommend that because then maybe you're going to be Well, I shouldn't say you can choose because sometimes you might be ordered to have the notifications on. Sometimes you might have the choice. So it depends. But no, you would be given a notification typically. And most parents do have it that way so that they can go in. And one of the things that, you know, everything related to your child is really, well, related to your child as pertains to your co-parent is all within the Our Family Wizard app. Then it's also a nice mental space with that too. Like it's, it's compartmentalized. All the stuff related to your co-parenting is in one app. So, you know, opening up your other apps and things like that, you know, that you're not going to be dealing with that there. You know, it's all in one space. You're, you don't have five different places where you look for things related to your children. Well, and I think, you know, my response to parents when they fuss about that is to be like, all right, well, you go into your Facebook app separately. You go into a social, you know, your Twitter app. You go into your fantasy football league app. You go into your exercise app. Like 
you actually go into dozens of apps, you know, anything related to your work all the time. And so to act like this going into OFW app is like some significant hardship that is really distracting or atypical of your regular day-to-day functioning, like with your phone or computer, like that's just not accurate. Like the fact is we use apps all the time. Sure. This is an additional one, but you don't need to go in there. And if you haven't been cued to by there being something that you need to attend to, or you don't need to go in there unless you need to put something in there. So that's how I tend to reply to that mild complaint, because I think that once again, these are parents who are sort of avoidant of being held accountable to their communication choices. So typically once I point that out, they're kind of like, yeah, that's true. I guess some of it is a mindset thing, you know, like, yes, for sure. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about the cost of the program. Are there any discounts available if they start using it and either communication smooths out and they really develop a new pattern or for whatever reason, it's not a good fit. Can they discontinue use? Like, tell me some of those logistics. Yeah. So the basic package for our family wizard is $100 per parent per year. That does not include tone meter, but it includes everything else. If the parent chooses to enable tone meter, or if the parent is ordered to add tone meter, the cost comes to $110 per year. So it's, it's $10 additional per year for the tone meter. And we do have fee waivers that are available, fee waiver to waive the fee completely for a year, and then they can reapply in subsequent years if they would qualify. And the bases for that are whether they are being represented pro bono, if they have been deemed indigent by the courts, or if they are receiving government assistance. For any of those, they would qualify for a free account. And it's not for the co-parents, it's per parent. So each parent can have, they can have separate, you know, financial situations and apply. We do also have a military discount program. So if one of the parents is military, it's buy one, get one free. So one parent would pay, the other parent does not pay. So I just wanted to point out that if each parent has a subscription and they use the tone meter, so that's a total of $220, that's a fraction of one hour of legal fees. So he, where I am here in Charlotte, let's say the average hourly rate you'd pay an attorney is $350 an hour. And then you have this resource that's $220 for both parents with tone meter for an entire year. I mean, the investment that you're making could result in thousands of dollars saved if you're not having to go to the lawyer and say, I cannot get my my ex to give me the insurance card. Like, can you mandate this? You know, whereas if you have an order that is specifically instituting OFW as a strategy, then hopefully that power struggle will be diminished and you can end up saving so much money because hopefully the communication can go more smoothly. So yeah, some parents are like, oh my gosh, it's a hundred dollars. But when you put it in context of, you know, what can be prevented as far as expenses, stress, time, I feel like the service can be invaluable. Absolutely. I agree. And in addition to what you've already pointed out, other ways that it can save parents money are just different types of 
tools that they use to house data and things like that, a lot of those cost money if they want to keep documents in some other place. And also when it comes to attorney's fees and things like that, having our family wizard, especially if their attorney has a professional account and they can be linked to them, it makes the attorney's work more efficient as well because they can get a clear picture. It would be easier if needed, if litigation is going to happen or if they're needing to prepare for mediation, they can generate reports easily or the parents are able to be in the driver's seat there and generate reports and hand them over to the attorneys who can then use them as exhibits. So there's lots of ways that it can save parents money down the line for sure. Yeah. Lawyers do not want to get a stack of 200 papers of text printouts, and they're supposed to go through that at an hourly rate and determine where the abusive texts were. Like they want to be able to peruse it in a single source where it's all organized. As a therapist, I have that professional account. So when I go in through the app, through kind of my therapy side of things, I have a list of the families who are using it. And then I click on their account and then I can go into that account and see the communication. So for me as a therapist, it's very easy to use. And I think as we're setting it up, they send me like a request, I acknowledge it, then, you know, they've kind of given me permission. And I believe I, in order for me to see both sides, I believe that both parents have to give me permission. In order to see both parents, you're correct. You would have to have permission for both, but otherwise you'll see exactly what your client sees. Perfect. Okay. Well, good. So you've given me some information about how this resource works. Do you have any examples, any real life anecdotes, you know, that pertain to clients that it's been successful for? I do, but I also want to just go back so that I can finish answering your question in terms of discontinuing use of the program. And actually the two kind of tie together because there's a little bit of data in that that talks about how parents utilize our family wizard. But basically that would depend, obviously, if they've been ordered, if they've been ordered to utilize it, they're not going to be able to discontinue it, or they're at least not going to be able to discontinue it until the order says that they can. If they just are using it by agreement and decide they no longer want to use it, I will say that our family wizard is pretty reasonable. Let's say that one parent signs up, the other never signs up. So they feel that they've wasted their money. Typically, our family wizard will be able to refund that parent. But once they've signed up for a year, they've got that year. If they don't re-enroll, then they don't re-enroll. That's their choice if, if it's by agreement. What I will say is that on average, we've found with we've got our family wizard users in every state in the country by agreement and by order. We've also got users in Canada, in the UK, in Australia and New Zealand. And we've found that on average, families use it for two to three years. So yes, there are some who later decide that they no longer need it or their court order runs out or that, you know, obviously sometimes it's because the children have gotten older, but it is not a given. So parents shouldn't feel like if I agree to this, I'm definitely going to be using this until my kids are 18. That's not necessarily the case. For some families, they want to and they do. For some families, they're ordered to and they do. But for some and for many, like I said, the average is really between two and three years that parents are utilizing it. I would think in that time, they may develop new communication patterns or like in the case of my 
family life is as parents, now that my kids are teenagers, like we as parents, even though I would not consider us to be great communicators with each other is we communicate so well with our kids. So, you know, when it comes to making plans or shifting a schedule because there's a family event, like the kids and the parent are communicating and the other parent isn't like interfering with anything. And then expenses at this point, you know, we have a really easy matter of fact way of communicating expenses. And so I would agree. I can understand that just in relation to my own life is seeing that as time went, as time goes by and my kids are getting older, having that degree of structure probably isn't as necessary as it was when they were, you know, five and seven years old. And there's all these field trip forms and, you know, just kind of school related stuff in particular can kind of get difficult to keep track of because there's all these oh, it's red shirt day and it's, you know, bring a snack day and all of that. And if you don't have great communication with your ex, like that can feel really exhausting and it can impact your kids. If you don't have communication that helps that kid get what they need. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. That really makes sense to me. It kind of ties into some of the anecdotes that I've heard over the last year or two in terms of positive feedback from parents and even also from judges who tell us what they've seen with families because you you talked about school and the madness that can come with that as parents in terms of all of the things that children need, all the communications that go out. We heard that a lot of families over the last year really found the info bank helpful for that, where parents were having to juggle all these different Google classrooms or whatever platform their school was using when school was remote. Well, if they were going from house to house that you know sometimes got confusing, they were listing the Google classrooms all in the info bank so the other parent could easily get their child onto that meeting for their class. And also I heard from a judge recently, obviously allergies and other things have become an increasing problem for children, you know, very serious allergies that the info bank has been useful for that as well. For simple things like sharing a restaurant that's really enjoyed by a child who has particular allergies, that it's allergy friendly and that, you know, they're able to go there. They can share all those kinds of things. We do also as a company, it really is our mission to help families living separately thrive. So when we have our monthly meetings, in addition to the fact that we talk regularly to attorneys and judges and mental health providers who, who share positive stories with us, we hear from users. They, they do you know private interviews, but then they share them with us as employees so that we can see the benefit of the work that we're doing. And I've recently seen some interviews where parents are talking about for example, one parent, it was a removal case, which means that the the mother in this case was moving out of state and the court granted that, but it was maybe a few hour drive for the parent. And he talked about how invaluable the calendar and parenting time schedule was because the mother was under order to include all extracurriculars once she got the calendar. She needed to immediately put all that stuff onto our family wizard. And so as a working dad who had children a few hours away, he said like, there was no way before that, that he ever would have been able to arrange his schedule to make it so that he could go to some of those games, even though the children were living far apart. I've also heard about how much tension it just cut back on for families and logging expenses and other things like that. So I really... I do hear a lot of positive feedback and it really, you know, makes me feel good about the work that our family wizard does. That really is our mission. 
That's fantastic. I love hearing stories like that because that's a, f- a fantastic example of a parent being able to feel more included in their kids' lives and that those kids benefiting from their dad being able to come to their games and things like that. And something like that can get unhinged so quickly if parents aren't communicating a schedule like that. And, you know, how that kid's day must shine when dad shows up for the soccer game. You know, and even better if he knows to bring the snack because it's the day that kid brings the snack, you know? So fantastic. Well, that's a fantastic anecdote. Do you feel like most attorneys are familiar with this program? I do think that the vast majority in some rural areas of the U.S. So I I actually cover Illinois, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Washington, D.C. So I work with professionals all over the place. I would say certainly in in basically every urban center, attorneys are very familiar with it. In some rural areas, a little bit less. But what I will also say is that a lot of attorneys are familiar with it, but they don't know the ins and outs, not just attorneys, but mental health providers as well. It's clear that you know a lot about it. Some really just know the surface of it. They know that it does messaging. They know that it tracks it. And so they don't really know the full benefit of the program. The vast majority of attorneys, however, give very positive feedback, you know, and certainly if a client wants to use it, they're going to agree. Like they think it's a good idea. It's not always that the attorney proactively brings it up to the client though. And it's something that I think you doing things like this and in general outreach to the parents is not something that our family wizard has done much of maybe at some point in the future, they will, but really, I think it's a tool that parents should feel empowered to bring to their attorney say, what do you think about our family wizard and family lawyers, just lawyers in general, especially if they're doing litigation and mediation and things like that, they're very busy. And sometimes it's not that they don't think that OFW would be a useful tool. It's that it's at the bottom of their list of the 18 other things that they're doing. So. I think it's important to keep that in mind for parents that if you know of resources, whether it's our family wizard or a financial advisor, whatever it is, it's always a good idea to ask your attorney if you have one, you know, what do you think about this? Would this be a good tool for my family? I think one of the primary takeaways for me from this interview is me recognizing that I have the opportunity to be more supportive of helping parents and lawyers create a detailed enough description within the custody agreement of how this can be used effectively. Because I've seen it over and over indicated parents will use OFW. But some of the things you noted as far as, you know, what information is really required? You know, is there going to be any outside communication permitted? You know, things like how quickly do parents need to enter things like sports schedules, insurance cards, information about medication changes, things like that. Like that is a place where I actively can support clients and lawyers because if it is too vague and it just ends up you know, being something that is disregarded or underutilized, then we're not going to get see the potential. So I know that I, you know, I'm going to be getting more and more familiar with the program the more I use it, but I certainly have a nice working understanding so I'm going to be able to, to guide these individuals and how it can best be used. So I know for me, 
That's fantastic. And if you're a therapist listening to this episode and you are familiar with this program or you're interested in becoming familiar, think about it. Think about ways that you can get informed about this resource so you can really be you know, an active participant in reducing conflict and stress. If you're a lawyer listening, if you're local to Charlotte, you probably know me and we can talk about how this can be helpful. But I think for me, that is a huge takeaway for today because I think that I'm underutilizing how I can be using this tool. Yeah, I agree. The more specific, the better. And for therapists, you can be a great resource to your clients and helping them to make sure that they have more specific language in their agreement or order, because that's going to help them down the line. And for parents listening, you can take some initiative. For the most part, attorneys are going to agree to it, but maybe they're not going to come up with that draft language, or maybe it's going to cost you a lot of money. Well, if you come to them with, these are the things that I think should be in our agreement or our order related to our family wizard, the vast majority of attorneys are going to agree to that because there's not a downside for it. So they might not proactively come up with all those provisions. Some do. I mean, some orders are, some orders and agreements are totally spelled out, but a lot, as you say, might just say the parties are going to utilize OFW or the parties will communicate exclusively via OFW except in cases of emergency. But it doesn't spell out that they're going to, let's say, put report cards within 24 hours of receipt or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or answering things, you know, like somebody will put a request in there. It'll indicate that the co-parent has read it, but there's no provision for how long are you permitted before you respond? Because sometimes I'll say to parents like, okay, let's say your your co-parent asks for a change in schedule. And you're not sure, maybe you have to check with your partner or your work schedule or whatever it is, but like respond back, say, I'll look into this and get back to you by Friday. Like that counts as a response versus just letting it sit there. It says you read it. Parent doesn't know, are you looking into it? Are you ignoring it? Now they're feeling heightened and unrecognized. Like, why do we need to have it be hard? And so sometimes like when I'm supporting parents and how to communicate more effectively, it's simple things like that that can keep the tension low and still, you know, give that parent time to look into whether or not that change in schedule is going to be appropriate for them. Right. Well, this has been extremely helpful. Is there any final thoughts you have that, you know, just, I may have not thought to ask a certain question and you want to make sure our audience has a particular piece of information. Is there anything that I've missed? I would say not really. I think you've done a nice job really highlighting why, our family wizard can be a benefit to families. I think my final takeaway would basically be that there's just such little risk involved in giving it a try. So bringing it to your attorney, if you have one or figuring out if you're drafting your own agreement, you know, by some kind of template you found, whatever you might be doing, there's just such little risk involved. It's not a huge investment money-wise. It can save you money down the road and really it can just help to establish good patterns or at least better patterns. So for a minimal investment, there's really a lot that both you, your co-parent, and ultimately, and in my opinion, most importantly, that your kids can benefit from, from you giving it a try, give it a try for a year, see what happens. One thing I didn't think to mention earlier that I want to clarify or just mention, am I recalling it correctly that if you have, let's say a very involved grandparent or a daycare provider are they able to access some of the scheduling so that, for example, let's say grandma picks up kid from daycare on dad's days and mom and dad change the schedule. Is there a way that grandma can get that notification too 
Yes. So there's something called a third party account, which costs the third party nothing. And that would typically be like a grandparent or a nanny or something like that, where they can have access. They have limited access, so they don't see like everything, but they can see the calendar. And if a parent wanted to, they could send a message to that third person on OFW. Obviously, typically that third party is not communicating exclusively via OFW. So there'll be other ways they're communicating with that person, but they could send them a message. But you're right that they can see the calendar and that's no additional cost to the parents. There's also no additional cost to the parents to be connected to a professional or multiple professionals, depending on the case. It could be they could have their attorney connected. They could have their therapist connected if they wanted. In certain really high conflict cases, especially in the state of North Carolina, we have parenting coordinators. So they could have a parenting coordinator who's connected to both parents, for example. And that's no additional cost to the parents either. Yeah, absolutely. I've experienced that. I cannot thank you enough today, Danielle, for donating your time to talk about this, giving us such great details. I want to remind our listeners that Danielle Kestenbaum, our guest expert today, is a professional liaison for Our Family Wizard. She's an attorney with a master's in social work, and she's really passionate about supporting families as they learn to navigate separation and divorce. If you're a listener and you're interested in learning more about Our Family Wizard, check out their website. It's www.ourfamilywizard.com. And if you have any questions, you know, reach out to me. I can either get those questions answered by Danielle, or there's going to be somebody who is in the support line, you know, information answering section of our family wizard who can make sure your questions are answered. So thank you, Danielle, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for listening to our episode today. I hope you found it to be incredibly helpful. Tune in to new episodes every Wednesday. We have a fantastic season four planned for you. So every week we're going to have different topics. We're going to have different guest experts. And if you have a question or if there's a topic that you want to learn more about, shoot me an email, visit my website at www.drtaraegan.com and make your voice known. Thanks so much. Have a good day.